The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Broadcasting live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage in Salem, New Hampshire, USA. And broadcasting around the world, this is the Cigar Authority. Transmitting since 2010, the Cigar Authority is the longest-lasting cigar podcast ever. Grab a cigar and light him up, light him up, light him up. This is the Cigar Authority. Light him up, light him up, light him up, everybody. Saturday, March 19th, 2022, personal stories and dirty stuff. Personal stories of some of the biggest names ever in the cigar industry. Some really ugly stuff you probably never heard. We're going to name names today, and you might be shocked and surprised. Welcome, everybody, to The Cigar Authority. And you are listening to The Cigar Authority, now in its 12th year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. Mini stroke. <laughs> Catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. It's time to change it up. After all these years, you're stumbling. I think we're going to change it up next week. No, no, no. Don't do that. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I need my crutch. No. We, I think we change it up. It's been long enough. For the anniversary party coming up in two weeks. Oh, boy. I'm looking forward. Hopefully, we don't get that April Fool's snowstorm that we've gotten. If it was one other like, time. One other time. If it was <laughs> anything like yesterday. Ooh, that's perfect. 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 Perfect day. 72 degrees and they're talking snow on Thursday, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Gotta love the uh, spring in New England. That's my fault. I put my snowblower away. All right. So, I'm getting into some stories today, personal stories of big cigar name people the people within the cigar company and as i was doing my investigation and putting it together i said i don't know if i'm going to be able to get enough story i can get enough stories to do four shows but i got enough to do <laughs> one show today but there may be a repeat not a repeat but a, a, a redux a second part two yeah we can do part two part well, three i think we should do part two yeah to be ironic all are, right are you just doing this because you didn't get in trouble for the sexism episode yes and, yeah, yes so I, let, let it happen with this because i wasn't here that you uh, guys didn't get in trouble well it was done by design well part yeah. of the reason was because of the cigar we're smoking next and we're talking about old established big name brands and you probably know nothing about the person that, i know what the h stands for yeah all right. I think so. Barry, what do we have here? Well, today's first cigar is the H. Upman Vintage Cameroon, and it's manufactured in the Dominican Republic by Altadis USA. The size that we're lighting up is six and an eighth by 52, and it's a Bellicosa featuring a Cameroon wrapper, Dominican binder, and fillers consisting of Dominican, Nicaraguan, and Peruvian tobacco. It is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package. And a five-pack will cost you $39.99, which comes out to $8 per cigar. And if you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. H. Upman, 1844, vintage Cameroon. Hmm. I feel like that eighth must be important, right? Six and one-eighth. Yeah. Not six inches. Well, so pay attention at the first early the first draw. Eighth. <laughs> it may matter. We'll see if it comes down to it. So Cameroon wrapper. 
Cameroon, authentic Cameroon wrapper. Meaning African Cameroon. Yes, sir. Grown in Africa. Yeah. All right. It's time in to the cut country Asha- of Cameroon. Of Cameroon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand. While all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered their price. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Right. Nick excellence. Mc- McTurner is accusing Jonathan of already lighting up, but that's a, a previous cigar smoldering. And I'm going to agree with yeah. Warren Brooks. Brooks, the cold drawer on this is rye toast that was in the toaster on the setting of seven. So it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of almost over toasted. It's hard where you hit it on the table; it's not going to break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but not burnt, over toasted, but not burnt. Correct, but with, on rye. But rye without the caraway, caraway seeds. Mm-hmm. What I like about this is the great part of the people that <laughs> hang on to their cigar before. Then they can participate in this. When you hit that level of toast, too, even if the butter is, you know, in the wintertime here in New England, the butter is still a little hard even when it's on the counter. Mm-hmm. The harder toast, you can just still get a good even it's spread. True. Yeah, you don't Without rip the toast. It. So if seven is where you're saying that is, would you like a six? How would you do your toast? I like my toast nine or a ten. Really? I like it burnt. But you like your bacon a one or a two. Yeah, my bacon's like barely a one. Yeah. There is nothing about how you eat that is acceptable. If you ate toast, which you'd never eat toast. But I've eaten toast yeah. before. What number? I'm a seven. Really? I like a seven. Mm-hmm. I don't always have the patience, so what I would do is I'd put, you know, you get the four toasts, mm-hmm. you put two in. Uh, yeah, but then the insides down. of them are untoasted, just the outsides of toast. No, 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 I've no. done that. No, four, two, four slices. Two so come out early. Two on the side, push that down, mm-hmm. and then wait 30 seconds, put these two in. Pop these. Now I have like a one or a two. Mm-hmm. Put the butter on. Eat that sandwich. And then by the time that sandwich is done, you got your seven toast. You eat it as a sandwich? You don't? No, you eat it separately. So you have four slices. So you live alone. Why do you have a, uh, a four-spread toaster? For I don't have a toaster, and no. I don't have a microwave. I don't use either of those I things. have a two-toaster thing, and I put two in each slot when I was eating bread. And the inside wouldn't be toasted, just the outside would be toasted. Right. <laughs> this is amateur way of having toast. What you do is you put all four in at once, you put them down, and then there's a race. And you start betting on which one's going to pop up first. They're both set at the same thing, and then you figure how it is. And then you start m- moving it, and tomorrow you see what happens. And the next day you see what happens, you try to get them to come out up at the same time, and you make your toaster absolutely perfect. You realize never- we lost our studio audience because they're having their own conversation <laughs> That's all right. at this point. That's all right. They're talking about how they like their toast. You're never going to get them to pop at exactly the same time being in a, an area that has four seasons. You get It wreaks havoc right. on the time. Uh, I'd like to toast my cigar right now. Well, you know what the best toast is? You know what I hate about that. Ed Sullivan? And you don't want to burn that. Is that he doesn't need anyone to throw to him with a beautiful segue. He throws to himself. <laughs> We're going to toast our cigar today with the Sabre by Vertigo featuring single action, two jets angled for pinpoint accuracy. They are inside this cutter. There's a full-sized V inside the lighter. There's a full-sized reverse V cutter. And you're asking yourself, could this be the very first Vertigo that does not have the patented big-ass tank? Taking up all that space. It has the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. They add it in the thickness. So they get built out the thickness for 
the cutter, and they left enough space because you got to have space when you're talking about big ass tanks. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah. Imagine having a light this big and had a little ass tank. You couldn't do it. <laughs> no. Just be wrong. Be ridiculous. All right. Pay attention to the first eighth inch of the cigar. <laughs> Yeah, t- uh, Ted Hughes said earlier, everybody can use an extra eighth of an inch. Yeah? Yeah. What would you do with it? <laughs> Put your hand down, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today we are going to talk about a lot of different <coughs> cigar brands. Today you're going to hear about <coughs> Partagas, Cifuente, H. Upman, Cabanas, Ramon Alones, La Gloria Cubana, Fontana, Baccarat, Camacho, Davidoff, Aroa. Padron, Banchis, Boulevard, Macanudo, Punch, Brickhouse, Ashton, and more. I'm going to get to, they'll all be mentioned today in the stories because they crisscross within the different brands we're going to talk about. Um, Even the guys, you might not even know the stories of these people in their brands. We're going to get into them uh, all. So I think I got a lot, lot to get to. So let's begin. Cabanas is the oldest Cuban cigar brand. Do you know that brand, Cabanas? No. Barry, you might remember it. I do not. You do not. Do you, Ed? Heard of it. Really? Because it was around, uh, I sold them, uh, but it's a Cuban brand, but I sold the the version by Villazon, um, later sold to General Cigar, and we had it in the early 90s, I'd say. Uh, it was established in 1810. That's an important number to remember, 1810. I'm going to write that down. <clears throat> okay. But the production lapsed in 1962. It was reintroduced in 1989 and finally deleted from Habano's portfolio in 2005. Hmm. So it lingered or, quite a while. <clears throat> yeah. So here's a story as I know it. A Spaniard called Francisco Cabanas takes credit of the history of receiving the first registered name in Cuba, the oldest Habanos trademark in Cuba ever, 1810. Important. I wrote it down. I got it right here. Glad you did. In 1810, the Cabanas brand was the only cigar coming out of Cuba because all cigars using Cuban tobacco was coming from Spain. Because they would export the tobacco to Spain, <coughs> right. be rolled over there, and then sent back. The Spanish crown controlled all Cuban tobacco. We heard the story with the Bandolero from 1770 to 1817. All Cuban tobacco was given to Spain as Cuba was a Spanish colony. The king of Spain, King Philip V, declared it forbidden to make or consume cigars in Cuba. You couldn't even smoke cigars in Cuba. For 100 years, everything was controlled by Spain. So this guy, Francisco Cubanas, was the first bandolero, bootlegger, who also was a friend of the Cuban government. The Cuban government looked the other way and allowed him to produce cigars in 1810, seven years before it was allowed to make cigars in Cuba. Now, So he at- registered a trademark <clears throat> for an illegal product. Correct. With the Cuban government. Mm. He was friends with them. They allowed him to do it and looked the other way. And we're talking 1810. It wasn't until 1817 before, 1717 to 1817 before Cuba was allowed to do it. And here we have H. Upman, 1844. 
Now, Cabanas would make his cigars and sell them in California and in England and built a huge following. He was number one by far, so much so that people would give, would say, give me a Cabanas, not give me a cigar. The word Cabanas mm. was, instead of saying the word cigar. Like Kleenex. Yes. Or Q-tip. Actually, Habanos took their name from Cabanas, as did Habanos. They were, it was, again, back to, that's what they called them anyway, Cabanas, so it will be Habanos. It was that famous. So in 1817, then the now king of Spain, Ferdinand the Seventh, allowed Cuban cigars to be made in Cuba, along with Mexico and Central America, where they also were forbidden also because they controlled all that. Spain would make cigars for 100 years by themselves, controlled the monopoly with the exception of Francisco Cabanas, who made Cabanas cigars. Fast forward now, 28 years later. It's 1845. Here we go. Now enters Jaime Partagas. Today, Partagas has a rich history of one of the oldest Cuban cigar brands founded in 1845, but it was 35 years after Francisco Cabanas. Jaime Garcia was an immigrant from Spain, young, good-looking guy, a ladies' man, innovative and energetic. Jaime Partagas built a factory in Havana, but not before spending years buying as many of the best tobacco plantations that he could in Voldebajo and Pino del Rio, Cuba, the western tobacco-growing province. Jaime had a knack for blending and fermenting and is reputed, reputed as the first to hire a lector. He brought somebody in to actually read to the rollers and keep the workers entertained during the cigar rolling. So very innovative. He did a lot of the things that started up um, being used by other people later on. Partagas was the first brand, their first brand that they came out was called Fleur de Tobacco Cabanas Partagas. So ah. Fleur de Tobacco's Cabanas Partagas. Hmm. So he put the Cabanas name in his first release that came out. Using the Cabanos name on his cigar, as Cabanos was the most popular cigar in the world. So Francisco Cabanos was angry, and he sued Partagas over the rights to, of using his name. Partagas did not have the right to use the Cabanos name in his brand, so he says. Cabanos was not only correct, everyone assumed, but he was also the richest and most powerful and successful person in Cuba. So he got the government control. He's rich. He had the brand out first. He's got everything on his side. It was the first ever cigar trademark dispute ever to take place. I wonder if Frank Herrera. The first ever, ever, <laughs> ever. So Frank Herrera. Who's his his great-great-great-grandfather is probably the lawyer in that case. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so... First ever cigar trademark dispute. Cabanos, the king of Cuban cigars and a friend of the government, versus Partagas. Uh, and the, um, the legal thing happens in Cuba. So it's uh, going to the Cuban courts. So now, to the surprise of everyone, Partagas wins the lawsuit. How? And this angers Cabanos even more because... 
Cabanos was sold in the black market. It was illegal for Cabanos to sell it, so it was sold in the black market. And Cabanos, but he had a Cuban trademark. Cabanos could not prove ever that his cigar ever existed. He had a mm. trademark to it, but he had no proof. And that's part of, uh, and Frank would say it, you have to show um, the sale of this product, but it was all in the black market. He could not show commerce, the sales of this product, even though everybody knew it But existed. at the point that Spain says it's okay to do this, Every cigar sold after that is fair use. It, it's being it's used in the marketplace. It's no longer black market. Not up to the point of 19, 1844, 1845, Potagus comes out with it, and it's, where's your Cabana cigars? It was all black market. It was sold in California. It was all black market. So he didn't have proof to the jury to say this brand came out. Even though everybody knew it, he loses the lawsuit. So... <clears throat> on a side note on this, it wasn't until 1995 when Nelson Alfonso from Selected Tobacco finally proved through newspaper clippings in California that it was 150 years too late, but coincidentally on the anniversary of Potagus 150, Nelson Alfonso proves that Cabanos existed and sales happened hmm. 150 years later, and he was the guy that actually proved it. That side note. <clears throat> so all the attention now for the victory for Potagus goes to Potagus and elevates the Potagus name. And shortly after that, even though he won, Potagus takes away the Cabanos name because Potagus was so popular at that point. So Potagus wins. He's allowed to use the Cabanos name in his brand. And it got so popular, he takes away the name and just calls it Potagus, even though he won. But that still didn't make um, Cabanos happy. So remember, Jaime Potagus was also a ladies' man. He loved the ladies, and the ladies loved him. Where are you going with this? Where am I <laughs> going? Some sort of asylum bit? And to that now, Potagus is rich, successful, and famous. Potagus shows his fondness to attractive women, whether they were married or not. It made no matter to him. Oh, no. In 1868, Jaime Potagus was murdered on one of his plantations. Oof. Jaime Potagus was having sex with the wife of the farmer of one of his plantations. After hearing that, the farmer was giving a gun and the protection to kill Potagus from Cabanas. Mm. Cabanas says, oh, that man had sex with your wife. Here's a gun. I know everybody in Cuba, you're all set, to the farmer, take this gun and kill him, which was his enemy, right? No, we're not talking about a time where they, there's dash cams and cameras on every corner. You could just shoot somebody and then He's dead. bury the gun and walk away and not even find him. Absolutely. So if you kill Potagus, said Cabanas, you will be protected and not get in any trouble, promises Cabanas to the farmer. So the farmer kills Potagus. Coincidentally, the day after the killing Potagus, the farmer is murdered. Oh. Cabanus kills the farmer who kills Potagus. Feels like a soap opera. Which, this is a true story. I know it is. It just feels like a soap opera. So this is like Jack Ruby killing Lee Harvey Oswald, the JFK thing, but way beforehand. Mm -hmm. Potagus' death 
left control of the business to Jaime's son, Jose, who sold it shortly thereafter to a banker, Jose Banches, B-A-N-C-E-S. You know the brand? Yeah, I do. Okay. Banches, not knowing the cigar business, brought in a partner, also another Spaniard called Ramon Cifuente. Oh. See all these guys? It's mm-hmm. intertwangling. A year later, Cifuente took over the business entirely and bought up all the tobacco fields. And in 1995, for the Potagus 150 anniversary, comes Potagus Cifuente. And that's when they find out um, that the, that the uh, Cabanas brand really existed. In addition to the Potagus brand, the company also acquired the rights to Ramon Alones and later Cifuente's son running the empire, Boulevard and La Gloria Cubana. And by 1958, Cabanos was the second only to H. Upman, which we're smoking now, in exports to Cuba. In 1990, the revolutionary government of Fidel Castro seized 16 factories, Partagas amongst them. You've been there? Yep. Since then, Partagas has been under the control of the Cuban government. Like so many other Cuban brands, Banshees and Partagas found a new life outside of Cuba. Ramon Cifuente had been offered a job running a new state-owned monopoly, but left Cuba, moving to the United States, where he found employment with Edgar Kalman, the mm. owner of General Cigar at the time. They created Potagus 150 in 1995 with Benji Menendez, the son of Monte Cristo. So here's the two sure. sons getting together and putting out the Potagus 150. Today, Cabanos is owned in the U.S. by a China company that is unknown still to this day who they are, and the brand was um, discontinued in both the U.S. and even Cuba of the Cabanas, but um, it's it's like a shame because it's the first Cuban brand Mm -hmm. out there, but um, both, I believe it is Altadas and um, Cuba that owns that brand right now. It was uh, Menendez and Garcia out of Cuba. While Partagas, Cifuente, Ramon Alones, Boulevard, and Gloria Cabana are owned in the U.S. by General Cigar, the parent company of Scandinavian tobacco out of Denmark, still two of the largest cigar companies in the world. So that's, that's the first story of all those, huh. of those guys. Well, Warren Brooks says it, it sounds like the real housewives of Cuba. <laughs> yeah. Mm. My cigar uh, it was out. a lot of talking. It was a lot of talking, yes. and I was worried about that, but very I, interesting real story. And I know this story because when I went to Cuba, Nelson Alfonso picked me up and said, would you like to go? This is the first time going. Would you like to visit the cemetery? And I'm like, hell yeah. Sure, but awful <laughs> weird. I came here to see all the cigar <laughs> things, and the first place we went was the cemetery where he started telling me the history as we drove by Cabanas and huh. Partagas. Oh, he killed him. And this is the farmer over here. And I'm like, oh my God. Did they have nice tombs? They, or they put did. the farmer yeah. in a, a real cemetery mm. with everybody else? It's, it's the, I think it's the largest cemetery in the world. Is Habana Cuba's, um, right in the, in the main town, is a giant, miles and miles long, beautiful tombs, beautiful cemetery. I don't know if you're into cemeteries, but I, I would go. Yeah. Someone ever said to me, you want to go to the cemetery? Hell yeah. You'd say, yeah. So um, there's the intertwine of all these people. So the interesting thing is people talk about the cigar industry. Hey, we're all friends with each other. And it's, a, you know, the love of the leaf and all the stuff that goes on. And 
back in the day, not only were they fighting with each other, they killing, kid, they killed each other, and had sex with each other's wives. Right, right. Hmm. Swingers. I see nothing <laughs> wrong with that. So there's, you know, you say Potagus, and they'll they'll tell these are stories you don't hear. These are the stories right. you do not hear in the cigar industry, but they're true stories. That and need, listen, to, need to be told. The the Cabanas guy didn't lie to the farmer. The farmer didn't get in trouble. <laughs> well, he got dead. Yeah, but that wasn't promised. He didn't say well, you're going to live a long, healthy life. Mm-hmm. He just said you're not going to get in trouble with the government. And you didn't. And he didn't. Hmm. Crazy story. Right? By the way, that cemetery is Cologne Cemetery. All right, Cristobal de Cologne in Cuba. All right, you love this shit, don't you? I love this shit. I love it. I love it. So we are smoking the H. Upman Vintage Cameroon Torpedo, uh, 1844, it says in the band. So that was the, you know, seeing the band, seeing the cigar, I said, okay, let's go back to 1844. Let's go back to 1810, actually, when it, when it all really started. Mm-hmm. And here it comes up to 1844. And we'll go on to H. Upman in just a minute. But what do you think of the cigar? I got to say the the ash held together really really well. The draw is very good. I wish it was stronger. It's yeah. Coming in at like a 2 or 3. This a 2 or 3. Good flavor. Come on. Uh, 4 at the most. It's yeah. mild AF. 4. Yeah. If I was blindfolded, I would assume it's a Connecticut cigar it's, except there's no bitterness. It's a little less than medium. So I'll give you a 4. And that agrees. This isn't up for negotiation. That agrees with the chat room. Two or three. Sixty-four percent of them say three to four. Uh, why thirty-six percent say five to six? And that's the only vote. And I'm going to tell you why it's correct that they did the cigar is because it's Cameroon. And if you put a six or a seven in this, you're not going to taste the Cameroon. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. been done wrong many, many times. Yeah. This is how to do a Cameroon cigar. What was the binder on this? Dominican. Okay. Um, and I get like a pumpernickel feel about it. So I guess uh, this is like the marble rye of cigars. You're getting mm-hmm. some pepper. It's happening now. Speaking of cologne, how does Mr. J smell today? Fantastic. He's working on his personal scent. He is. We right. know. He is. I heard that. My scent legacy. <laughs> All right. I got a, a lot to get to. So let's go to break. And when we come back, uh, we'll tell you a story of, uh, most have never heard of a brand that was smoking now, A. Chapman. And then a brand that made it uh, was made to directly compete against this cigar. I got a lot of personal and ugly stories to tell you about cigar brands and the people behind them that are really talked about. We're live at the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. To some, tradition is a catchphrase. To us, it's a guiding light. For there can be no great future without reverence for the past. Hammer and Sickle Tradition Series cigars are handmade, employing only time-honored methods. Meticulously crafted of individually selected tobaccos, Tradition Series is a blend of three-year-aged Dominican Viso and Lijero, all finished inside a breathtaking five-year-aged Connecticut shade wrapper. Tradition Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua, the Nicaraguan expression of America's beloved brand, Reserva Real. Reserva Real Nicaragua is a Nicaraguan puro, meticulously blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. The Reserva Real Nicaragua will take Romeo lovers and Romeo novices alike on a journey through premium Nicaraguan tobaccos. Reserva Real Nicaragua. 
it'll steal your heart again. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lining up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Christoph cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Christoph is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed-off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. Bubbles, bubbles. I'm J.R. Dominguez. Thank you for listening to the Cigar Authority. Okay, we're back. We're smoking the H. Upman Vintage Cameroon Torpedo, and I got a story to tell you about the man behind the brand and the brand that went right after them. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. This is the H. Upman 1844 Vintage Cameroon, and... Um, Again, the reason why I uh, dug into these stories and got the information for you. So I'm going to keep going. And uh, the brand is H. Upman. It stands for? Herman. Herman 
Upman. What was he, a banker or something? He was from Germany, and he was a banker, a merchant, a cigar manufacturer in Cuba, and the creator of the H. Upman 1844 brand, which is what we're smoking. Herman Upman is credited with the invention of packaging cigars in cedar boxes. Huh. So there's a cedar sleeve around the cigar. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. So they're paying to the vintage of this that he is the creator of saying, put these cigars in cedar boxes. They'll dry better. They'll smoke better. Well, uh, also, did it. back then you <clears throat> didn't have the capability of freezing to minus 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So the cedar would be a natural pest deterrent, <clears throat> keeping sure. beetles out and whatnot. Yep. The beetles. The original boxes were labeled with the H. Upman name and contained other manufacturers' cigars, hmm. most likely as an advertisement for the operation until Upman brought their own cigars into their factory in 1844, the famous H. Upman factory. You've been there. Mm-hmm. At the outbreak of World War I, Herman and his brother Albert Upman used their business interests in Cuba and the U.S. to conceal their operations of a German intelligence network they created, the H. Upman Spy Network in Germany. Dum-dum-dum. Crazy, right? The Upmans and their agents were a suspect of forming revolts in Haiti in 1816, in the Dominican Republic in 1916, I'm sorry, both 1916, and for providing arms and assistance. The H. Upman Bank Building was regularly used as a stopover point for German agents traveling between Mexico and Europe and intelligence uh, from the spies from, uh, in the United States. After the Cuba government declared war in Germany in 1917, the H. Upman Bank was closed for 30 consecutive months as Cuba understood H. Upman's involvement in the spy ring. On December 5, 1917, the H. Upman Company was named to be the very first U.S. enemy trading list for foreign companies mm. with whom the U.S. banks and companies were forbidden to trade with. While Upman and Alberto Upman brothers were both named as individuals in the spot uh, as list of spies at the same time the u.s alien property custodian seized the h up and banks u.s based assets which were transferred to u.s ownership albert and herman upman were incarcerated by the cuban government while 24 other german nationals lavished in cabana's prisons the Upmans were placed under house arrest. In May 1922, both the Upman Bank and the Upman Cigar Operations were in bankruptcy. The same year, Franhau, J. Franhau and Company, one of H. Upman's licensed agents, the distributors for the United Kingdom, bought the H. Upman brand in the factory at auction for 30,000 Cuban pesos, which is 1,200 U.S. dollars. Wow. That is the only reason why the cigar brand still exists called H. Upman. Any uh, tie to uh, German spying with JFK sending Salinger out to get H. Upman? That was his cigar. But, but at that point, it, would have, it was owned by somebody else. So right. it's, just it's a, probably okay. They were the very first 
enemy, uh, enemy of the United States. He, he was, him and his brother, very first. And um, it, as we say, he was a banker. He was a banker until they were forbidden, to, they were shut down and forbidden to trade and, and wiped it out. And huh. that, that's how that ends. But he got into the cigar business and he did well. And uh, Hunter and Frank Howell, which is um, that English company, call today, not Jay Hanauer, it's, they were the owners of it, and then later on, must have sold that off to Consolidated Cigar, or, um, that, again, that was the Cuban brand, mm-hmm. so Cuba takes that brand away, and the U.S. version is, is done, um, and I'm trying to think, H. Upman, I believe, was a general cigar product, right? Mm-hmm. I believe it no, is. No, it's uh, Altadis H. Upman. Now. Okay, so it was Villazon then. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure how that how that ended up happening, but um, very interesting story. Again, there's so many of them, of these stories, as you dig deep into them, of what ended up happening, and it's, it's not all flowers and sunshine it's most of it's not and it's yeah. almost like the cigar making part of it was just a red herring to distract <laughs> people from the real oh, shit yeah, that was spy going ring on. that's going on all right it's time to ask the dawn by don Raphael cigars it's time to ask the dawn brought to you by don Raphael cigars don Raphael cigars are premium cigars, mellow and smooth, built for every man's everyday enjoyment. Don Rafael cigars. Now, here is the question of the week. And the following message was submitted through the contact us page of the CigarAuthority.com. And Chris writes, good afternoon, gentlemen. Just have a quick question about smoking while driving. What are your favorite cigars while driving? What are your favorite sizes while driving? I'm looking for some cigars that I can smoke while driving at work. I work for USPS, and as an aside to Barry's comments a few weeks ago, we need new trucks. (laughs) The ones we have now have a nasty habit of bursting into flames for no reason (laughs) and having no AC along with no airbags. So I'm looking for some nice cigars that won't break the bank or get in the way while delivering the mail. Can you do that? What, smoke in the mail truck? Yeah, can, can a mailman so. smoke? Well, we're not going to rat him out. Yeah. No, I just, no. I, just a question. I've never seen it. I know a mailman that smokes on his route, but he walks. Oh. And he has a podcast <laughs> yes, on I our do. network. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. And, and he listens to the show. <clears throat> a great cigar that won't break the bank that's durable would be Toscano. Yeah. Shuts itself off quick. Well, in we answer to his first question, what are your favorite cigars while driving? My favorite cigars while driving are the same as my favorite cigars in the store. I don't change what I'm smoking because I'm behind the wheel unless it's a very short ride and I just keep a couple of uh, Petit Coronas or Toscanos. The other caveat is I wouldn't go over a, a six-inch cigar. Not a Lancero, I'm, not an A, because you end up yeah, smacking I'm, something. I'm off to Churchill's driving. Yeah, yeah. Even if I got a long time to do it, I'll smoke two Coronas instead of one yeah. Churchill because I've had it. I've ruined many a cigar. Uh, how many times have you hit the yeah. sun visor yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, look look for something in the uh, robusto size, petite robusto. Typically, you can get a good value. Uh, Montosa. Yeah, they just oh, have yeah. they have natural and uh, Maduro. You get the short robusto, which is a little thicker, more like a nub, and then the regular robusto five by fifty. Both of those are good in natural and Maduro. Uh, any of the queen sizes from the folks at Aladino, if you like a Connecticut or switch over to the Corona, they don't make a queen in the other ones. <coughs> Uh, those are also guys that won't break the bank, and you can have a good time. I like the queen size, but it's not a go-to. It's not a big seller. On yeah, okay. I wonder how that cigar Last would sell with a different name. Ah, like I wonder how many you know manly men. Well, I'm not going to smoke a queen. Not one person. <laughs> the the only, but you don't know that. Oh, Nobody yeah. says, "Well, you only, know, I'm not smoking it because it's, it's, it's an old size." But you, know? you wonder how many people. Reach for the Toro, the Robusto instead of the Queen. The only Does size I'm out into of it? in Aladino, Connecticut right now is the Aladino Queen, Connecticut. Really? It's huh. the only size I'm out of. I'm flush on everything else. I, I would say the Queen came out way before the Toro ever came out. Mm-hmm. Way before. Yeah. I don't know about Robusto, but... And for people that are listening and that don't understand what a Queen is, it's a, a small Perfecto. So it's shaped at both ends, slightly pointy. Uh, the side that you light is also cut off. It doesn't come to a complete point, and the other side is tapered a little bit. Yeah, and it's a good size. Yeah. It's actually a good cigar in the car because you only have to light a little bit of it yep. to get going, and then it ends up working itself through mm-hmm. or whatever, so it's good. All right, I'm going to move on. We're talking H. Upman here, uh, 1844, so now I'm going to fast forward to Carl Upman. Carl hmm. Upman is a relative, some said grandson of, but maybe um, some sort of, I, can't, I couldn't get that down to uh, an exact person, but certainly a relative of H. Upman, teamed up with a man named Alex Gildenstein in 1978 and Sal Fontana. Sal Fontana, who I knew very well. Sal Fontana ran Camacho. Uh, Bacharach and all that. Um, Carl Upman and uh, the H. Upman Repeater was named after uh, a brand in the U.S., but labeled immediately by Consolidated Cigar, uh, now Altadas, because of H. Upman. So, uh, and later changed to Bacharach. So the brand comes out as um, C. Upman, the Repeater. And H. Upman Company has a big problem with it, Altadas. So maybe where it says the game on the band, they're talking about the cigar game? That's Bacharach. So the repeater is repeating the H. Upman. Sure. So C. Upman, the repeater, later changed its name after Altadas or Consolidated Cigar at that time, says you can't use C. Upman, and it just gets known as the repeater. Later, changing its name to Bacharach. Alex needed money, and he and Sal Fontana sold their interest in Bacharach to Julio Araroa. But Sal stayed on with Aroa until Sal passed away. Uh, in comes Bacharach, the crystal people, and Bacharach, France, uh, with success now of the Bacharach cigar, now puts a cease and desist letter to Aroa to change the name of Bacharach, which they changed to Bacharach the game. It's not Bacharach to Repeater, so the game Bacharach. 
Baccarat. Baccarat is the name of the cigar, um, which it is today, but today owned by Davidoff because Davidoff buys the company from them. So how did Aroa get the Camacho? That's another story. Simon Camacho uh, is is a Cuban living in Miami, and he got divorced and he did money, so he sold Camacho. Camacho and Padron were the two best-selling cafeteria cigars in Miami. Cafeteria cigar is when you go up to those little windows and get a little coffee or something, and they got cigars in the window. In there was a whole bunch of different brands, but Padron was one of them, and Camacho was one of them. Those two were the best-selling, and they were under a dollar apiece. Julio and Christian Aroa buy the Camacho brand as a cafeteria cigar, Exactly what Padron was, too. And the story continues. Later selling both uh, to Davidoff, um, which is Davidoff of Geneva, Switzerland. Christian Aroa starts his own company, CLE, makers of Asylum, CLE, and Aroa, CLE, Christian Louis Aroa, and Julio and his other son, Justo Aroa, start up JRE, uh, Julio R. Aroa, JRE. I bet his middle name is Ronaldo. That's my guess. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know, but that's what happens after H. Upman and then how these other brands start intertwining with each other. And again, doing this, I, I have a hundred different stories, but they, they all start intertwining with each other because everybody knew each other and who buys who. No. Was, was Macho Camacho involved? Nothing, nothing to do with it. Nothing. nothing. Boxing has nothing to do with it. it was I think Simon he was Camacho. from Puerto Rico anyway. Yeah? Okay. All right. I love, I love when someone brings up something that could potentially be funny, but Dave doesn't understand where you're going with it. So he just says, okay, okay. and it continues yeah, we reading. we got to keep going. Um, so um, it's time to take a peek into the asylum. From our friends at Asylum Cigars. It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true. Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars. With sizes ranging from 4 inches by 44 to the absolutely insane 8 inch by 80. Asylum Cigars. <laughs> <laughs> Washington, D.C. is full of liars and cheats, but you soon might be able to add hoes to the list. Alexandra Hunt has announced she's running for Congress in Philadelphia, and she is open about her former career as a pole spinner. The former stripper is running under the slogans, with the first being, I may have danced for money, but I'm no corporate whore, and the other being, elect hoes. No word if instead of kissing babies, she's giving lap dances. And that's not only insane, it's asylum. Oh. And not the first. No. no. Not the first. No, you've had porn stars that have run yeah. for office. Anybody ever win? No. No. All right. So the odds are against her of where she's going with that. Because someone else's <laughs> slogan could be bros before hoes, and then they're going <laughs> to they're gonna walk away with the... There we go. Uh, the after show today, we're going to talk about bringing cigars into a cigar shop. What brands should you bring into your cigar shop? Um, as an owner. As an owner. <laughs> right. 
as an owner. If you're a customer, you shouldn't be bringing yeah. that at all. Right. But good for the new guy starting a cigar shop mm-hmm. to listen to this or somebody that's getting ready for a trade show. Now you're going there. There's going to be lots of choices. What do you pick? Why would you pick certain ones over the other? Because you like them. Is it good for business? We'll talk about that on the after show today. Um, okay, I'm going to continue with, um, where are we here? Uh, the, a brand born in Cuba in the year 1840 um, is Banshee Cigars. And you said you remember that, Ed? Yeah. It was cr- originally created by Francisco G. Banshees and became famous for being the very first cigar to boast a double band. Two huh. bands on it. Despite some initial success, warning popularity led by led to the demise of Banshees in 1886. So fast forward to 1959 when Banshees was reborn in Tampa, Florida. Later sold to Daniel Blumenthal, who later owned Punch and Hoya de Monterey, that was the company Villazon, uh, who moved his production to Honduras. Banshees and all brands from General Cigar Edgar Cullman uh, bought all the Villazon product, who later sold to Swedish Match, who later sold to Scandinavian Tobacco, which is General Cigar now, who stopped the production of Banshees, and it is no longer available. But there is another 1840 cigar, and for whatever reason, they ended up letting it go. So some of, it looks like some of the dark history or something, let that brand go. Right. Those were in a yellow box. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. I think what it's boiling down to is how cool does the name sound? So Herman Upman, not so much. Herman is too. H. Upman, all right, I can get down with that. Mm-hmm. Partagas sounds pretty cool. Cabanas, not so much. Next to Partagas, right. Partagas just kind of rolls off the tongue. It sounds manly. It sounds like a cigar. I think that's what it's boiling down to. Banshees, eh, it's weak. It's not yeah. a good name. It, it was a person, though. Yeah, so people get full of their ego and they name it after themselves and it doesn't go well because they don't have a cool name. Mm. I'm not coming out with a Barbeau cigar. No? No. How about Mr. Jonathan? If I did, it would be the Mr. Jonathan. It would be the Mr. Jonathan. I mean, even Saka didn't use his name. But he has some... Moistered the Saka. Right, right. But not for the company. Well, that's another whole show, which I mean, I'm going to do on, <laughs> because the company names are not what they appear to be. Right. Of, you know, my wife, who's the accounts payable, has no idea when we talk about these brands, and she knows these companies as their real name, their right. corporate names, uh, which we'll get into in a later show. But here's, what's your final thoughts here on H. Upman Vintage Cameroon? I'm going to say what I always say about Cameroon, it's delicate. Oh, yeah. Because, because mine did split. Yeah, I think but, you hit the cowbell. Just yeah? by the ash around the yep. cowbell there. It looks like you whacked <laughs> oh, it. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. So that was uh, user error. So I won't, I won't And you know what it was? It was that extra one-eighth. If it had been a six-inch cigar. You would have missed. Yeah. Six and an eighth, boom. Now, how do we know that they put the extra eighth on the foot? Oh, we don't What know if they that. extended the bellicoso part by an eighth? So I'm going to think that's where it is. It's on the, the cap because you got the torpedo cap. So when, when you're pushing the tobacco out to, to make the rounded edge, it probably goes a little bit longer than a Toro. Hmm. No one will ever know the answer. No. no. Cameroon 
is it ever going to be a big thing? It's a it's a uh, different kind of taste. It's not something that I necessarily am gravitated toward, and I understand why you liked it in the 90s because it was so different and it, it was something other than what everybody else was putting out. But I think that the cultivation of tobacco now has gone so far beyond what was happening in the 90s that we're having more bold flavors going on. Yeah, look, even... And this is just too delicate. Even Marifel, he's coming out with a cigar that's not going to be Cameroon. Hmm. So that should tell you Cameroon's in the Well, past. because he sells every bit of it and... Um, it's a low yielding crop. It's a uh, it's a loser as a crop. Almost all of it goes to one company, the good stuff. Right. So I, I was told before farmers who make cigars sell their best and the stuff that isn't the best is what they use <laughs> for their own. And yet um cigar makers who get into farming save the best for themselves and use it so when the, when you're buying tobacco you would rather buy tobacco from somebody who is really mostly a farmer and they have their own brand because they're going to sell you the best stuff. Well, they right? have their own brand really to go through the tobacco that doesn't sell. Yes. It's it's a it's a washing machine. Yeah, yeah. What are we going to do with there, this? There are exceptions, though, like Aroa, um, right? He, he doesn't sell much. He keeps the best stuff. You would think. I think. Yeah. Why, you know something? Nope. Nope, but I was told by a, a tobacco <laughs> He bu- said no way too fast. <laughs> because I was told this by somebody who buys a lot of tobacco. Right? right. Big factory buys a lot of tobacco, not their own stuff. They they buy a lot. And they have figured over the years of who they want to buy tobacco from. Mm-hmm. You know, you would imagine if Perdomo was selling tobacco, maybe you don't want to buy the tobacco from him because he's going to use the best stuff for his own cigars. Correct. Right? Correct. So... Be careful. They're careful who they buy. The the other thing that I think is interesting about the tobacco side is when you start to see a trend in cigars coming out of a specific country, it's because the growers are growing a specific tobacco. That's where it starts. The trend starts five years ago where Peloto Cubano, they realize, has a better yield than another crop, and they grow that because the yield is going to be better and they're going to make more money when they sell it through. And then all of a sudden, everybody's using Peloto Cubano in their Correct. cigars. And they say it's it cool. started with the farmer going, what, what crop can I grow the best yield on? It's a cash crop. Mm-hmm. What does it come down to? What am I going to make the money on? That, that's what it is. Okay, this is up my wheelhouse as far as strength and taste and everything. This is a little less than medium body cigar. I'd go to it over and over. It's a little less than where I would be comfortable as far as no. the, the strength. I, I wish it was stronger. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, Macanudo, Punch, Brickhouse, Ashton, and even Acid, just to name a few. There's lots of stories in cigar industry to talk about. We'll do that when we get back. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Are you a member of the Cigar Authority Care Package? 
Well, if not, my friend, the time is now. For just $29.99, you get four premium cigars delivered to your door each month. And we'll smoke those cigars along with you during the show. Is that really a benefit? I think it is. We will judge the construction, flavor, strength, and review the cigars, and you'll see how right or wrong we really are. You might be surprised. Four premium cigars delivered to you for just $29.99, and you can quit any time, but you won't. The value is incredible. Want to take the Cigar Authority Care Package to the next level? Sign up or upgrade to the Cigar Authority Care Package Prime. For just $5 more, you get an extra cigar and usually something special. That's five cigars each month, all different. Find the Cigar Authority Care Package on thecigarauthority.com and sign up now. That's the Cigar Authority Care Package. Agent Room 4 Nicaragua Maestro. Named Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year with a 96 rating. Is a complex Nicaraguan puro carefully blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. As Cigar Aficionado described it, every puff is an overture of flavors that's at times heavy and rich with notes of dark chocolate and wood, and other times subtle and understated with hints of fine caramel and toasted almonds. Treat yourself to an aging Room 4 Nicaragua today. Surgeon General warning, tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease even in non-smokers. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world. From exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics. This is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast. Or better yet, passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th Anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Justo and his father Julio Eiroa are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar 
pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa Tobacco Farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family center company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we're back. We're talking about personal stories of cigar brands and the people behind them, good or bad. We're telling you the story behind the story. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. All right. So we're talking about old school cigars. So I thought I would uh, bring one out of the um, the vault. The vault. The vault. Yep. the vault, basically. And what do I have here, Barry? Well, the second cigar today is the Macanudo Vintage 1988, and it's manufactured in Jamaica by Macanudo Cigars. The size is 6.5 by 43. It's a Lonsdale called 2, and that's the Roman numeral 2. It's almost a Lancero. And it uh, features a Connecticut-grown Connecticut shade wrapper, Mexican binder, Ooh. and fillers from the Dominican Republic and Mexico. When it was released in 1997, it sold for $11.99, and if you figure in inflation, that would be $21.19 today. And uh, they're no longer available, so you can't find them anywhere. Um, but I bet you wish you were here to smoke one with us. We what, do. are you checking out the personal scent there, Jonah? Yeah, I'm seeing if I need to change anything. Can I get the essence of this box when it's done? <laughs> yeah, so we got 25 years uh, since I bought these cigars, and they were um, vintage tobacco from back in um, 1988, right? 88, 84, 88, 88, 88 it says on here. Uh, we have a small studio audience today, so if you pass that box down to Ed, let, let them jump in and enjoy the cigar with us or trash it or whatever. Who knows what it's going to be? But, this is uh, like Halloween honor system. Just take one. Yeah, unlike the last time you, uh, maybe a year or two ago, you handed out cigars and you had guys taking handfuls yeah, at a yeah. time. I know our audience. Yeah. Yes, I think this is a safe crew. Yeah. All right. So, would you say the ring gauge was on this? Forty-three. 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 Not forty-two. It's very Lancero-like. I'm surprised that you saved so many boxes of these, given your hatred of the size. It's, I believe it might be my last sealed box. Well, it's not sealed anymore. No, it's over. It's over. The, the, those will all be smoked by the end of the week. By, by next week. So for this sure. is a, a true Connecticut, you said. This is real Connecticut but wrapper. It's, it's dark. Yeah, it is dark, but it was referred to as Connecticut shade grown in Connecticut. In those mm. days, the Connecticut shade, again, we're talking about a farmer here, Edgar Kalman. Edgar Kalman owned a company called Cowbro, and Cowbro was a plantation in Connecticut, and they grew mm. shade tobacco, and he chose the best. Hmm for his cigars and sold off the rest. When it came to the vintage, 
<coughs> it would be the best of the best yep. when it came to the vintage. So let's give it a cut and light. I actually reviewed this cigar on my old website. Really? So I went back and looked at it. I'm curious to see how it changed and how much my palate has changed. All right, time to cut the cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-tip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. Yeah, if anybody's selling these and you can get them for 20 Mm. bucks... So at first yeah, I got one. soda cracker on the cold drawer, but then that quickly went away, and there's almost a sour component. It's bready. You know the crackers that the the fancy ones they got the the square one, and they got the butterfly. There's, there's a cracker called the, fancy crackers. Yeah, it, this is the butterfly cracker. <laughs> They're mm. not fancy. It's Pepperidge Farm. Yeah, but it says fancy right on it. <laughs> it does the butterfly cracker, which is a buttery cracker. Mm-hmm. I know it well. How's the draw on yours? Exceptional. Good. How's the draw on yours, Ed? Tight? A tiny bit snug, but I think it's going to open right if up. It doesn't. All right. Box is right there. <laughs> Jump in. If it doesn't, we'll refund your money. <laughs> that sounds fair. We're going to light our cigar today with the Sabre by Vertigo featuring single action, two flames fueled by the patented Vertigo big ass tank. And in the front, you have a full size deep V cutter. All for the low price of twenty nine ninety nine. That is the Sabre by Vertigo. If you look at the bottom of the box, it tells the retailer how to uh, display it. Huh? Little, little note in the bottom, Mister Retailer. Does it's it say Mister Retailer? I believe it does. It say Mister Retailer underneath <laughs> under that box. Yeah. Mister yeah. Retailer. That would be me. That would be sexist, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So it was still alive back in, in those, those days. Yeah, back in those days, it was Mr. Retailer. Cause That's why they're not made anymore. They were canceled. <laughs> wow. A little bit of spice right on the initial yeah. light that I was not expecting. I was expecting this to be absolutely flavorless. Macanudo in Jamaica was a totally different cigar than Macanudo in the Dominican Republic. It had Jamaican tobacco in it, first mm-hmm. off. so Which this doesn't. Really? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, yeah. All the, everywhere I've looked, nobody made reference to Jamaica, including my old review. Wow. So I'm the greatest cigars left over. I got a little note that's in here. Magnificent. So imagine that you take a fork and you get into the marshmallow fluff jar and you scoop out a little bit with the fork and on your gas stove, you toast the marshmallow because marshmallow fluff is different than a marshmallow when it comes to the flavor. Mm-hmm. So you get that toasted up, and you eat the crusty part on the outside. That's the flavor I'm getting on this. Crusty, toasted, marshmallow fluff. <laughs> with that kind of sweetness? Yeah. Without the sweetness? No, with it. Yeah? Because yeah. you, you get a little bit of the, it's a, a little, um, almost like you burnt it a little. There's a little bit of that burnt bite. Yeah, I don't get it. More, more meringue. Yes. Oh, I like 100%. that. Meringue. The the it's the, the exact same uh, flavor the bur- profile. The bur- no, but the, out the sweet. The burnt tip. Yeah. Yep. Burnt tip meringue. Huh? And meringue isn't made from marshmallow fluff. It's made from egg, white, whites. egg whites. And a shit ton of sugar. Yeah. So it's not even the same thing because it's a totally different food group. Leave That's the food to the professor yeah, professionals. 
Yeah, you don't know food. You don't eat food. That's right. You stopped years ago. It would be like if I said it's a fudge brownie and you guys said it's German chocolate cake. It's the same goddamn thing. It's, it's oh, the no. same thing. It's, it's cake. It's chocolatey. You're talking marshmallows versus egg whites. It's totally different things. And Meringue. A, a brownie is not nearly the same as a German chocolate cake, even yeah. if you factor out the coconut frosting. It's a very yeah. different chocolate cake. Yeah, you got to get out of the food thing because you're not part of us. You're not part of the... You're the, you're the, um, if you were a dinosaur, you'd be the vegetarian are you, dinosaur. Are you right? just drinking Soylent at this point? or uh, I hate all of you. All right. So we're smoking Macanudo, so let's talk Macanudo. Macanudo is Spanish for what word? It's nuts. two words, actually. Easygoing and smooth. I was going to go salty Ooh. nuts if I had to pick two words. <laughs> Which was the idea of Macanudo. All they were advertising, smooth. everything back in them was smooth. smooth. Smooth, easygoing. It is produced today in the Dominican Republic by General Cigar. Macanudo was originally a size of a cigar and not a brand. It was Punch Macanudo. Much like at the beginning, we had uh, Podagas using um, the Cabana's mm-hmm. name. Um, it was Punch Macanudo. The Macanudo brand, and remember that a separate person owned Punch. <coughs> so Punch says Macanudo, and General Cigar, Edgar Cullman, takes the second word of there and creates a brand called Macanudo. Macanudo brand was created in Jamaica in 1971 by Ramon C. For Edgar Cullman, the owner of General Cigar, and the head of Macanudo, the head of the cigar is to resemble the head of Edgar Cullman himself. So I was even in This the- is the craziest <laughs> shit I've ever heard. There's no- This is factual. There is no way <laughs> that somebody was like, we're going to make the head of the cigar look like this dude's head. Absolutely. And in the factory, and I've been there, was Edgar Cullman's head- they had a picture of Edgar Cullman at the factory. Just so and, you remember the shape. And they had dots around the top and said, this is the head of the cigar should resemble Edgar Cullman's head. <laughs> and that's how it, it, it was. This is the, mo- that's Every, the most the remarkable thing I've ever heard. It's true. In, in the cigar industry. And, and I knew Edgar well. And I would laugh with him. He was like this. He, not he was an egomaniac. He was a he was practical just, joker. Yeah, he was goofing around. Yeah. And he said, I want every cigar. And then, like, I'd, I'd have, be having a cigar with him before he cut the cigar. <laughs> He'd roll the cigar up to his own head <laughs> and look at it. Great guy. Great guy. Um, a picture of Edgar's head was on the rolling floor for the rollers to remember what the head of the cigar should look like when it's completed. Fact. Absolute fact. Now, this was in Jamaica. This was also in the Dominican where I went. I never went right. to Jamaica and I'm so, seeing it. But it was yeah, they probably had to ship the head picture. Picture of the head. Yeah. yeah. In the I wonder if that was part of the sale. Part of the training. We're buying, we're buying the, the brand <laughs> yeah. and the factory. But uh, we and we want, we want all of the pictures that are on the wall, including the head. You'd need it to train new rollers. <laughs> you would need it. Yeah. You'd love this guy. He was the greatest. <laughs> he was the greatest. In the year 2000, Macanudo was moved to the Dominican Republic and then used no Jamaican tobacco at all. Uh, it changed immediately when, when the cigar was moved. Even though Edgar still owned the company, the cigar was never the same as it was then. It was Punch Macanudo. Uh, so it was 
Punch Macanudo. Where did the name Punch come from? Punch and Judy. It was registered in Germany in 1840. Again, back to that year. A lot happened in 1840. Punch was the name after a European children's puppet, Mr. Punch. Is that that creepy guy that mm-hmm. we have the statue of? Yes. It scares the shit out of me yeah. every time I go in the that, basement. That was a kid's puppet. So I, I hear a lot of talk about people marketing, uh, how marketing's going on and marketing the children. It was named after a children's puppet. But they're not trying to sell to, to, to kids that like children's puppets. It just happens to right. be what the name and was named after. But we can have pot gummy bears, and that's not marketing to our children. Mr. Punch's wife was Judy. That's his wife? That's his wife. All she right. didn't get a scar. Uh, again, sexism. I think yeah. we should come up with a, a Judy brand. <laughs> just Judy. <laughs> Judy. And you could have one size called the Judge, and it would be Judge Judy. It's, ah, the play, Judge. Yeah. Judge Judy. It wouldn't a be a lawsuit there at all. <laughs> no. That's safe. Frank Herrera, once again, let's go to the... Um, go. Judge Judy's got a lot of money. She's one of the richest people in the world, right? Let's see what Judy's got. She's got a lot. While you're doing that, it's time for the poll question of the week, and that is brought to you by Victor Sinclair Cigars. And each week you can go to CigarAuthority.com and you can vote on the question of the week, which is brought to you by Victor Sinclair Cigars. Victor Sinclair Cigars, the cigars you won't question. And this week we asked you, which social media platforms do you use? And uh, as expected, 96% of the vote went to Facebook, which came in at first. And it was multiple choice. You can answer three, four, five, all on the list. Coming in second was Instagram. Coming in third was Twitter. LinkedIn at fourth, and the me and Wees was at fifth. But we love you, me, Wees. Yes. <laughs> we and can't say that. We can't. M-E-W-E, right? We're getting you came you. up with the rule, and you break it I on know. the first try. Judge Judy's got about $450 million. It's, it's almost it's a half enough. a billion. Yeah. She's not quite a billionaire, but almost a half. She's probably a lawyer, too, right? She sure she was in order to be a judge after yeah, be a so lawyer, she wouldn't right? even have to spend her money to sue you. No, no, yeah. So I yeah. wouldn't mess with her. We're not, we're not doing the Judy cigar <laughs> with the size called the Judge. We're not doing that. We could do a limited run, like just a thousand boxes. No, rip it off like a band aid. No, all right, upcoming shows. But you'd have to have a picture of her at the rolling table so that they could match her head. Yeah, huh? <laughs> huh? That'd be something. All right. Next week, uh, back from TAA, I'm, I'm actually not going. It wouldn't be a pigtail. It would be a ponytail. Ah, what a ponytail. With bangs. She doesn't have a ponytail. No. She did in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> she was crazy in the 70s. <laughs> Next week, I'm supposed to be back from the TAA. I won't be because I'm not going. Uh, either is Mickey Pegg, so we're going to get together and we'll talk about not going to the TAA. We're yeah. going to ask him questions he won't answer, t- answer questions to. Uh, if you have any questions for Mickey Pegg, uh, send them to uh, the Contact Just, yeah, Us page. Yeah, go to the Contact Us page, ask the, the question, authority. and I can pretty much guarantee you won't get an answer. Mm-hmm. I think he learned his lesson. I don't think he did. No? Yeah. I think he digs in, and he doubles down on not answering questions. No, I think he does. Uh, but he's got the Cigar of the Year. We haven't seen him since. We'll talk about uh, how it changed his life <laughs> and how uh, things are uh, improving on him. The following week is April, is April 2nd. It's the Cigar Authority's 12-year anniversary party. We have 40 people flying in, and uh, we will have already spent uh, an entire day and night with them. 
and we'll be back. So here we'll for all day be two. sick of each other by then. We'll see. We'll have a little stories to tell. I don't know what we'll do, but we have forty. Uh, I would say raving fans uh, for them to. I'm going with raving lunatics. Yeah, I mean, but fans works. I'm looking forward to it. You know, we hear these names of what what thing. Now we're going to put a face to them and. Uh, First time, maybe last time doing this. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. Um, and we talked a little about it um, on April 9th, uh, also known as we're going to get into real companies, the real company names and the brands behind them. Uh, you know the brands as Padrone and mm-hmm. things like that. That's not the name of their company. It's the name of their brand. They have companies, and we'll talk about them and where those names came from. And then now uh, we're going to go to the uh, draft. We're going to do our draft. Oh, looking that. forward to it. So we'll see Ooh. how that goes. Yeah. Could be a disaster. Could be. Could be. I, 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 I'd almost uh, count on that, but uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, at Christmas time, you go to your grandmother's house, and she's got those ribbon candies that cut the oh, yeah. your mouth. When they you, shatter. The, like glass. The, the clove one. Oh. That's, I'm picking up clove. Ribbon candy and a little bit of that salty iodiney taste from your your mouth bleeding. <laughs> like a little, it's a it's back and forth between those two dominant flavors. So bite to it. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of that metallic. Not in a bad way. A bleeding mouth is bleeding, good. Yeah, can it be a good way? Has, have you ever not eaten the candy when you've seen it? No, I mean, you eat it every time. I eat it. All right. I don't like it, but you do it. Yeah, of course I do. Like a canker sore in your mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you eat an orange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's getting worse. I think it's safe to say these are past their prime, but it's still enjoyable. It's interesting. It's part of history mm-hmm. right here. So. Interesting is a better word. Yeah. It's interesting. That tells you there's 25 years is too long to hang mm-hmm. on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at that point, you just keep it forever and just don't don't smoke it. Well, the box already, is open now. Yeah, the box is yeah, ruined because yeah, a sealed box mm-hmm. was pretty valuable just now. Now it's ruined. Ruined. Uh, but that's okay. Who's it valuable to? People. Collector. Collector. Yeah. Somebody wants that. Somebody would have wanted that. I could have sold that for a lot of money. Really? Instead, we're talking about it negatively. <laughs> <laughs> No, I said it was. I said I didn't mean it negatively. But it's not harming sales at this point. No, no. Um, we saved that guy. If you'd put it up for sale and he bought it, it would have been like the guy that bought Brady's last touchdown pass and oh then he comes out God. of retirement. Yeah. You saved somebody from wasting money on and that. What, what was that? The day after he came out of retirement? Retirement, yep. They're saying. Now the value is at most fifty thousand after he paid five hundred. The thing that we're missing, yeah. you guys want to try with smoking Macanudo, nineteen eighty eight, twenty five years old. There's a box right there. Grab one cigar each. I'll be watching you. The same <laughs> trick or treat thing going on. <laughs> cigar hacks are here. You never know. Oh, you oh can't yeah, trust. Right there, I take one from my brother. And they're a bunch of hacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, moving on. A few more stories here. I have uh, Brick House. Brick Brick House. House. Cigar was created in 1937 Hmm. by Julius Caesar Newman and named after the family's home in Hungary. The Brick House was a tavern on the first floor in their residence where they lived on the second floor. That's where that cigar came from. Do Hmm. we know that story? Yes. Yeah? I've been on the tour five times. 
Yeah. That, that one I knew. Uh, all right. It's a good That's thing it? it was That's the whole story? That's the whole story. It's a good thing it wasn't made out of straw or whatever the other house was that the pig blew down. The wolf blew down. So. That's right. That's right. We glossed, over the, we glossed over the Brady thing, but in yeah. Dave's argument for why baseball is better yeah. than football, the entire crux of his argument was football can't be any good because Tom Brady retired. And it came uh-huh. back. Now he came back, which he was, means he was the listening. scale has now tipped. Football. football is officially, by Dave's own admission, better than baseball in every way. Was he listening, and he made his final decision at that moment and said, look at this. Yeah. I like how you're trying to spin over. it. I like how you're trying to spin mm-hmm. it and still be right. Bill yeah. Burr. We Ask re- Bill Burr. We recorded yeah. it on Saturday, Sunday evening. He came out of retirement. So I don't want anybody emailing this. You said it on Wednesday. No, it was recorded on Saturday. Right. Yeah. So you think he hacked our... No, there was somebody in the audience that went oh, back to right. him, let them know, and say, just so you know, heads up. Yeah. Dave said, uh, <laughs> you destroyed football by retiring. <laughs> um, thank you to those that are sharing our podcast out there. We're getting major pushback that that F-A-C-E, B-O-O-K, is not. <laughs> um, they're listening. They're, mm-hmm. Their algorithm is listening to what mm-hmm. we say, and that we're touting. They're throttling us back. We're touting you to find us on the other platforms because the day is going to come that you're not going to see us there. And I think the day is going to come real soon. So the actually best place to do it is to go on a podcast catcher and get the podcast. Even though you like to watch this for mm-hmm. whatever reason, I don't get it. But I got a question for you. At least Sullivan. it'll be there for you. Or you go to, what's the other thing? C. Open C. No, that's where the things are. Odyssey. 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 Good question. Uh, can we get the video onto Spotify like Rogan has? Is that a thing? It's a thing for Rogan right now. Ah. And we're not Rogan? And Podbean has Rogan. a video Even though we changed, too. we changed football and, and yeah, got Brady back in. We're still yeah. not. Now, there is such a thing as a video podcast. It tends to be very expensive. Okay. Because of the storage requirements. Yeah, I'm out. And then nobody downloads it anyway, so you no. just end up paying. All right. All so, right. I mean that that's a let's call that a worst case scenario. If if we knew this was going down this week, mm-hmm. that F A C E was gonna take us down and possibly YouTube. YouTube. I'm trying you to could, think of another you could way. Say him. Yeah. It's only what would we be telling everybody to do right now? We'd probably be telling you how much it's going to cost to get a Vimeo account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you would say, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to pay a monthly fee. But So we'd become podcast only at that point. Or, you know, the option is right now. Odyssey. Yeah, but you can't, can't stream, stream live. live. Oh. Yeah. The live video options are very limited at this point. All right. So, so if we go down off YouTube, we can't be on Odyssey. Yeah, we can. The, just yeah, we'll he'll just upload the video. We'll upload the video. Yeah. Later. Yeah, right. it'll people will be able to watch it on chat at two fifteen instead of at noontime. Yeah. So go to the podcast. And if you don't do podcasting, do it. Open up the yeah. podcast catcher, get it, and just do it there. I'm like in panic mode. I think it's going to happen while we're at the trade show. 
This is when these terrible things end up happening, and it becomes a thing over there. Um, you can just see the pushback is dramatic. We're not even getting shown. You can go to our page and find it, but mm -hmm. it's not showing up on the on the thing. Right. And we're down 75%. Yeah, I don't even share oh. it now because I wind up getting shadow banned as well. 90, 90 plus percent on, down. 90 on Facebook. Down. Yeah, so forget it. And it's not just that we suck because, you know, I went and looked at how many people actually saw the post, and it's down to 10% of what it used to be. Right. So they're just not letting it out they're there. They're doing it. So this is a real big, big thing. It's really happening. So I'm not stirring the pot and getting everybody all worked up. This thing is happening. I told mm -hmm. you it's happening. It's happening. It's happened. So find us on a podcast catcher and just have it. Still watch it when you can, but uh, find it, and we'll deal with that. Okay, early thoughts here on Macanudo Vintage, 1998, number two from Jamaica. Pass its prime, is yeah, what I'll say. Yeah, but even after these 25 years, it still has that authentic Connecticut vegetal quality to it. You can always yep. taste the real Connecticut. Real Connecticut. This is, it still tastes like real Connecticut. Yep. If you want to know the difference of this in Ecuador... There it is, sharp as can be. Yep. Uh, that sharp. Yep. Bitter. It can be. Yeah. You know, it tends to run a little vegetal, and especially with authentic Connecticut, I think if you over-smoke it, smoke it too fast, then the bitterness really comes through. And because it. it's a thin ring gauge, it seems even sharper. Though. And stronger. Yeah. And you wouldn't say this is a two in strength. It's probably a four. Yeah, I can put the whole thing through my nose. No way. Oh, oh, wow! It's it's mild. It's a two. <laughs> really? If he can do that, <laughs> still show. Well, all right, <laughs> all right. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we have Ashton and Acid and the stories behind those brands. Also, three letters in the mailbag, a prize to give away, a classic three-way, and lots more. We're live at the Toscano Cigar Soundstage. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada Number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1989, Nestor and Mariana Miranda have subscribed to one family, one vision. With Miami Cigar and Company. Since their inception, the Miranda family has fulfilled their dream by creating some of the best cigars on the market today. Cigars like Nestor Miranda Special Selection, which is produced in Nicaragua, featuring an oily Nicaraguan Habano wrapper that the Cigar Authority named their 2019 Cigar of the Year, and the Don Lino Africa 
which celebrates Nestor's love of big game animals. These soft box-pressed cigars feature an authentic Cameroon binder, which creates delicious nuances and crescendos. Miami Cigar invites you to try these brands at your favorite tobacconist. You only have one life. How will you live yours? Experience the rich tradition of the legendary H. Upman brand with the latest addition to their iconic 1844 line. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo uses a rich, well-balanced blend of Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican tobaccos and an extra-aged wrapper that offers a deep aroma with a bold finish. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo is sure to please adult smokers looking for a delicious, handmade, premium smoke that is aged to perfection. Surgeon General warning, tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. Did you know Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the very best blend for his namesake? Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth natural and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. Now, anyone that's tried one will tell you, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more. So next time you light up, make it the best. Make it a Jose Dominguez cigar. Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Jose. Jose. Jose Dominguez. What's going on? This is Robert Kelly from Medfit, Massachusetts, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. I hope they have me back. I think I swore too much. Yeah, it's been a long time for Robert Kelly. We've got to have him back. Uh, we are back, and we're smoking Macanoodle Vintage 1990, 1988, number two from Jamaica, telling stories about cigar brands, looking at the bottom of the box. I knew it said something. Mr. Retailer, tape this card to the lid holder, designed to display the box to open. Simply insert and press one end to the drilled hole in the other side of the box, holds up the cover straight up uh, and towards the rear of the back cover. And it's typewritten and just glued on the back of the box. Um, old school. And here, imported by Montego YCA in Murray Hill Station, New York. Imported Handmade in Jamaica. So, old vintage. We did it, and I'm going to smoke the rest of these, and, and we're not going to have these to talk about ever again uh, because it's going to be gone. Uh, but I still got some more stories. So, um, next up is Ashton. You know the Ashton brand. A Pennsylvania cigar retailer, Robbie Levine, with a shop called Holtz, creates... Um, the very first cigar brand in 1985 called Ashton. And it's a made-up name that sounded expensive. Regal and started with the letter A. Mm-hmm. Right? So it would show up on, on lists. In the phone book ahead of everybody else? Well, I guess. Or, or whatever showed up. If they had a list of brands, Ashton would show up first. But Asshole would show up before Ashton. <coughs> yes. 
Oh, no. Ash. Nope. Ashton's good. A-S-H. Yep. It's good. T as an H. He was making a joke. You don't really have to analyze it that okay. far. All right. <laughs> Most people know Ashton Cigars as um, Dominican Cigar and know that it's made by a Toro Fuente, but it was first produced by Hanky Kellner at the Tabadone factory in the Dominican Republic. And I say the Tabadone factory in the Dominican Republic because that was before Davidoff. Hanky Kellner owned the factory. He owned a factory called Tabadone. It's still the same factory, and that's where they made Ashton. In 1991, Hanky starts making Davidoff cigars as a replacement for their Cuban cigar, Davidoff. And a year later, in 1992, Ashton production moves to Arturo Fuente. also in, the Dominican, also in the Dominican Republic. Why? That's another whole story. I'll just leave alone. But they moved. And Ashton did not start at a Toro Fuente. It's been there since 1992. But the first seven years was made at what we would say is the Davidoff factory. It isn't. It's Hanky Kellner's factory, Tabadome, but Davidoff later bought the factory right. from Hanky Kellner. So, again, these stories intertwine, these brands intertwining at the same time. Um, all right, we got a prize to give away. And uh, this week's email is brought to you by Monte Cristo Cigars, and this week's prize is a tumbler, a cutter, a billfold, not... Lotion. No. <laughs> this is coffee. It's good coffee. And a notebook. It's twin engine coffee. Uh, plus, you get a notebook with a little pen. Colin Ganley's twin engine coffee. Great coffee. Yeah. Following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of the CigarAuthority.com. Salutations, gentlemen. Trevor writes, let's get the ass kissing out of the way first. You guys put on a great show. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, on to my question. Does he say blah, blah, blah? <laughs> No, he says all right, all he right, likes that we don't auto yes each other and we fight with each other. And it, he goes on for too long. And I got to truncate it. Okay. On to my question. Thanks to world events, I am no longer able to enjoy my sport of choice, competitive shooting. With a shortage of components and shooting close to 10,000 rounds a season, I've had to put my guns in the safe for now. Shooting was my bonding hobby with my two sons. And unfortunately, we are not able to spend weekends on the range. This is because of the cost of the bullets? The cost and the the lack of components, as he stated just two sentences ago. Um, My oldest son joined the golf team at his high school last year and loves to smack his balls in public and then chase them. Excuse me, go back on that one again? (laughs) My wife encouraged me to try playing it with him, and even though I was asked not to return to the high school golf team after an incident (laughs) with an errant drive and a... Party golfing two fairways over, I found that it can actually be enjoyable. When we get out, we walk the course most of the time, and I've always associated golfing and cigar smoking as two activities that can go hand in hand. As a walker, is it possible to properly smoke a cigar while playing? And if so, any of you have any tips or tricks as to what to do with the Vitola when taking shots, putts, etc., or should I just save the smoking for the end of the round? So he's asking if he can walk and chew gum at the same time, basically? Walk and smoke. Yeah. The answer is yes. You need a, you need a, a little pull cart. Carrying the bag is a little, a little troublesome. If you get the little pull cart, and on the pull cart, you get the cigar minder, clips on everything. 
it clip it to the golf bag, and it has a little holder for your cigar for when you are swinging. But you can easily pull that with one hand and smoke the cigar with the other hand. Don't throw the the cigar Don't on, put the it grass. on the ground, right? Because right. they put the spray, they spray all this shit on it. And I've seen people with swollen lips and all that Ooh, stuff. And pesticides. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't 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 go good. Um, I think almost everybody that smokes cigars golfs and smokes cigars. But his question. Yeah, he's he's a walker, so it's much easier to do if you're in the golf cart. And I would say in the golf cart, you put your cigar mind on your golf bag as well. Otherwise, you will forget the the clip. But yeah, and then we have to buy another one from us. Right. I shouldn't so. even teach people that. <laughs> yeah. I do. And I once said to the, you know, they make them black and they put them on the black uh, golf cart um, side. Yeah. And um, I said, why don't you make these things orange because people mm-hmm. are. You know, leaving them on the golf carts, and he goes, "That's why we make them black. They sell <laughs> them over and over to the same people." Um, and I go around golfing, watching people golf once a year, maybe twice a year, at the golf tournaments that I have to be at. I'm not playing, and I leave the clip on the golf cart every time. And I say, "Okay, I'm not going to forget the clip." And I do it every single time. I don't know if the thing's over and you just get excited and you grab your stuff and you leave. And I think in your case, you probably should clip it to the steering wheel and just fight with it the whole time. And then you'd be less likely to forget. Yeah. I don't know. It's nine bucks or whatever it is. It's okay. All right. right. Larry writes through the contact us page of the cigarauthority.com. And what we're doing is picking a winner here. Correct. Of the best three. Larry. Hello, Mr. Jonathan, and your support staff. Wow, you guys got an upgrade on this email. I'd love a segment where you interview super fans of the Cigar Authority. Maybe bring them in for a Zoom if they're not local. You could talk about what they love or hate about the show, see what they're smoking, and how the show influences them. I'm smoking an Aventura King's Gold Corona because Mm. of the show and Barry's review. I wouldn't have known about this cigar if it wasn't for the show. Keep up the great work with the show. So could that possibly be a thing for the anniversary? We got the super fans right mm-hmm. here, and we bring them all on, whoever wants All to. of them. That would be a long show. That's yeah. a long show. Whoever wins the trivia contest, trivia we could have contest, him on yeah. for the last segment. Yeah. Do a little interview, have him take part in a classic three But is it, wouldn't that be part of the whole experience, that they all get to be on the show, and they feel... Maybe. But, again, yeah. two, the thing two is, minutes the, each person... The thing that yeah. we have to remember is that we are far from professional broadcasters. And we do this every week for three and a half hours. And we're not professionals, and we struggle to fill the time, but we get, it, we get through it. Why do we do it for three and a half hours? Clubhouse. Oh, that's The after show yeah. and the regular show. Yeah. It's three and a half hours of content that we're putting out. Plus, you sometimes fill in on the ash holes. It's another 42 minutes. You bring somebody on that isn't used to filling the time and doesn't have that cadence, it doesn't make for a more interesting show that we found. It makes for a more difficult show. Not that we can't try it, but... And actually, the honest-to-God truth is having somebody on as a guest is more difficult for us. Mm -hmm. That we don't know if they're going to pull a peg... <laughs> did, you see, did you see that? Somebody wrote that on one of the chats or something that says, Oh, is he going to pull a peg? I laughed out loud. I was by myself reading it and I said, Oh my God, imagine if that turns into a peg. Pull a peg. You pulled a peg. Mickey, I'm so I know to, you're listening. I'm going to have to write that down something. for next week. <laughs> yeah, slip him a Mickey. 
All right, so we have uh, Trevor with the uh, golf and cigars, and we have the super fans with Larry. And the last one? The last one is Jesse, and his subject line through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com is, I rescued the coin. Hey, guys, I know how much you guys love a coin story, so here it goes. I've been watching you guys for over four years now, and I never miss a show. I've steered at least a dozen of my cigar-smoking buddies to your show as well. And in January, you revealed that everyone getting the care package would receive the very first Cigar Authority Challenge coin. Why had I never signed up for that? I'll never know. But I immediately got to thinking I would get it in your next coin release. Well, a few weeks next later... coin release? Yeah, because he's in the care package, so he'll stay in for next year. And if there's a 2023 right. coin, then he'll get it. Okay. So he's okay with that. A few weeks later, I watched your show on a Sunday, and I heard Ed Sullivan mention that a coin was for sale in China on eBay. <laughs> I immediately went on there, and lo and behold, it was still there. This was 24 hours after it was mentioned. Needless to say, I felt very lucky to have it. I kind of feel a little guilty since I technically didn't earn it, but yeah, we bought it. But uh, thinking... He went to China and bought the coin. My thinking was this. I'm oh, it was still there? No <laughs> yeah. shit. It's going to be there forever, I figured. I'm uh, sure they made plenty of extras. I'm a fan. I share your show with others all of the time. I purchase your cigars online from you. And in fact, my alarm is set for when the Big Poppy Firecracker goes on sale Monday. If that's not... Uh, what if some non-fan took advantage of this awesome coin? That would be bad, right? <laughs> if you guys think I need to do anything else to truly earn it, just let me know. By the way, I have the address it was sent on if you want to see uh, if it was sold by the person who manufactured it. There's a bunch of uh, Cigar Authority cookbooks on eBay right now. Really? Uh, somebody came in with a um, two-guy smoke shop... Um, what was that? Monopoly game. Remember we oh, did the Monopoly I still have two game? of them. Yeah? There's like two in Nashua in our, in our little room. Yeah. Yeah. Important things and stuff. Mm. That could be a big prize. I'm not seeing any coins. You can get cookbooks on. Well, he bought he bought the last one. He, he did us a solid. <laughs> well, we, we went still to got a plenty, fan. And we still got plenty of cookbooks, so if you want a cookbook. I, I think they might be cheaper from us, too. They oh, definitely have, cheaper because you got to pay shipping as well. Yeah, they seem to have good residual value. We give them away for free, and the uh, the coins that is. All right, All we right, got to so pick a winner. Three. That's the coin guy. Yeah, I love a good coin story. Yeah, who doesn't? I typically doesn't? don't like a coin story, but this one was pretty <laughs> yeah. good. All right, so but I, I like the super fan thought process. Um, but then again, I, I worry a little about when we used to bring the bloggers on. And they would come on, and they couldn't couldn't talk, couldn't carry on a conversation, and that wasn't good. So that could happen. I don't want that to happen to a fan, you know. So also getting forty people on and off the stage. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Uh, how, about a just a how about a microphone set up right over there? Yeah, and like whoever wants to get up can talk. Say what your name is. Blah mm. blah blah. And we do a segment like that. Uh, let me let me Did tell you, you how that? that's let me tell you how that's going to go. Can you speak into the microphone, the the tip of the microphone? <laughs> Stop it, John! Don't touch. All right, segment's canceled. Ed you, Sullivan, you're going to pick up a lot of audience noise. Maybe that's good. Mm. You turn it off when I use it. If the guy comes on, you raise his volume. We talk to him. Get a little closer to the mic, sir. Although they want to be seen. Don't put your mm -hmm. lips on it. That's gross. 
they want right, to see, now we have to burn could it. they stand right in front here and the microphone set up there? Oh, yeah. Every, all of our audience at home wants to look at everybody's back. I no, love that. No, they stand and look there. Facing the, ca- facing the camera. Yeah. Their head would block you, but. I don't know. We'll work on it. All right. We'll, we'll save that for another time. So I got, the, I got my last story to tell right now. And, um, Is it a good one? Uh, I don't know. It, <laughs> these are things people don't know, I would think, and maybe some do. Acid by Drew Estate. Scott Chester is a graffiti artist in New York and has a daughter named Arnell. Arnell Chester. Is that right, Barry? I think they're 90% sure that's right. Um, he named the company Arnell Chester Industrial Design. Acid. That's where the acid names come from. This guy, Scott Chester's daughter. Uh, it was founded by Drew Estate which later sold off to Swisher International. It's been told that Scott was a majority shareholder, but not certain of that. Certainly, Jonathan San, also known as Jonathan Drew, and Marvin Samuel, was right up there as the faces of the brand, although Scott Chester is the silhouette of the logo of Drew's Acid. I didn't know Uh, that. So the Acid logo is Scott Chester, and the name of the company is named after his daughter and you know the story about the acid box the malta box malta yeah it was a close-up of somebody's personal area butthole <laughs> yes <laughs> but what was the malta what- uh well that's one of the boxes it was on i was looking to see if there was a big enough picture to email to ed in case we wanted to do it we don't want to look at but, anyone's butt. Yeah. <laughs> but and it, this is me saying that. But allegedly, it was his girlfriend's close-up anus. Anus. Me and Jonathan mm-hmm. shared a limousine with Scott and his girlfriend. Do you remember? I remember us sharing a limousine with somebody. When, when we were on, we went to the party at the top of, the, it was a me and Ed in Santa Maria. And that's where we met Skip Martin before he came yeah, up with that his was brand. Yeah, that was you and Ed. Me and Ed? Oh, all right. All right. Nice guy, friendly guy, but n- nobody knows him in the cigar industry, but that's acid cigars. I mean, everybody c- says, oh, this is who it was or whatever, but just so you know, that's who it is. And that's that what I have for, for um, little stories of the cigar manufacturers that I have, and there's a million of them. I know we hear all the nice stories of the guy that uh, came from Cuba on a boat right. and all the different things that end up happening, but these are the stories you probably never knew that exist, and it's time for the Classic 3-Way, brought to you by Classic Cigars. It's time for This Day in Classic History. Yeehaw! Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Classic cigars are now the most affordable cigar brand in America. Priced as low as $2.99 for the Corona and still under 4 bucks for the 6x60. Classic Cigar has something for everyone. The Classic Connecticut is light and smooth. The Classic Maduro is bold, but never overpowering. Classic Cameroon sits somewhere in between with hints of sweetness. And the Classic Cuban is a real knockoff with flavors of old-time Havanas. Classic Cigars are sold in cost-saving bundles of 20, and sold in five great sizes. Classic Cigars. The most affordable, premium, handmade cigar in America. Classic Cigars. 
Ed Sullivan's our champion again. I have six questions and one tiebreaker. March six. 19th. Six. March 19th. Ready? Yep. Wyatt Earp, American frontier man and marshal who participated in the gunfight at the OK Corral, was born today in Illinois. What year? Uh, Wyatt Earp. That would have been 1842. 1842. So it would be right when the... Uh, Right around when the uh, H. Upman yeah, came Yeah, I up. think he was part of it. Okay. 1788. 1788. 1830. 1830. 1842. Ed Sullivan will take it. 1848. Uh. So I was trying to tie that in around yep. the same time. So he was uh, four years old. So he might have got one of those It's a Boy or Girl cigars <laughs> uh, for him. <laughs> Maybe Ed Sullivan gets the point over to Mr. Jonathan. Glenn Close, not to be confused with Glenn Case from Kristoff, Glenn Close is an American actress, The Big Chill, Fatal Attraction. She was born in Greenwich, Connecticut today. What year? 1958. 58. 1948. 48. I had 56. 56. Everybody is over 47. She's old. Barry. She's old. Man. She's old. No points. And over to Barry Stein. Harvey Weinstein, American film producer, Maximar, and convicted sex offender whose actions helped spark the Me Too movement. Born in New York City, New York today. What year? 1959. 59. 1948. 48. 42. 42. Ed Sullivan says 48. It's 52. Two for Ed Sullivan and two goose eggs across the rest <laughs> over back to Ed Sullivan. Bruce Willis, actor from Moonlighting, Die Hard. He was born in West Germany. Today. Really? Didn't know that, huh? No. Um, that would have been 1955. 55. 51. 51. 54. 54. Two points, Ed Sullivan. Damn it. Four points for Ed Sullivan. To, to what? For zero to Barry and zero to Mr. Okay. Jonathan. Two questions left. If you get both of them, you nail both of them. <laughs> we go to the tiebreaker. If not, forget about it. This is over to Jonathan. Yep. American televangelist Jim Baker resigns admit rape acquisi- accusations. accusations by his secretary, Jessica Khan, today. Oh. Those are names you don't... Mm-hmm. Long time you haven't heard that. Jessica Hahn. 1979. 79. 88. 88. 1985. 85 for the point. It's 87. Barry was right there. He was closer. Twice he missed out. So we, we got five to zero to zero. Is that the worst ever? It's pretty close because we got one more question. Nine. Get too exact, and I, you definitely hold the record. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. This is pretty pretty bad. Over to... Barry. Barry. Michael Jackson is inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall <laughs> of Fame. Also, Aerosmith, Queen, Paul Simon, and Steely Dan today. What year? 2012. 2012. Um, 1994. 1994. 1999. 1999 for the point. 2001. 
So it's not a shutout, but it's an embarrassment. Five to one to zero. What are you talking about? I got 100% of the questions that I got right correct. There we go. Yes, you did. And this was a slam dunk in case you were in, in the running. Mm. Wendy's takes over Burger King to become the second best-selling hamburger chain. Burger King is a loser, huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's going it's to be somewhat recently. It's 2016. It's two fat guys. Like, it's a loser, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. It was me and Ed Sullivan that were having that conversation. 1999. 2012. Huh. But Burger King, it's, it's over. You know the Burger King down here? Kelly's Roast Beef. Whoa. It's going to be Kelly's Roast Beef. Those that don't know Kelly's Roast Beef around here, this is huge for me. It's going to make me huger, actually. There's no <laughs> doubt huge. about it. It's huge. Just oh have the God. roast beef without the bun. You'll be fine. I got the call from my daughter when she found out what it's going to be, and she says, I got good news and bad news. <laughs> and the good news is it's going to be Kelly's Roast Beef, and the bad news is it's going to be Kelly's Roast Beef because it's right down the street. Now, do you always get the roast beef? Yes. Yeah. I mean, some I'm, people I'm, seem to like the fried clams coming out of Kelly. That's he not wouldn't. saying I don't do both. Oh, <laughs> surf and roast turf. Beef, yes. I went with him to a Kelly's roast beef once, and he wouldn't let me order. No. He went up. He goes, I got this. And he goes up, and he places the order and just shows but up with the food. he didn't have a laminated order. No, he didn't need it. He no. didn't need it. No, I have That one's one committed to memory. Well, is that the one that you get all the way? Something like that? Yeah, you can get it um, three-way. With the mayonnaise, but I don't because you don't like mayonnaise either do I. Mm. Just sauce and cheese on it. Do you ever feel like if you say three way, which is what they want you to say? Do you ever feel like a traitor going there? Why? Why don't you have a rich history in roast beef? It's gone. Riley's roast beef (laughs) is not there anymore, (laughs) and I do, but it's not there anymore. Now, try to remember back to the Riley's. Did that outdo the Kelly's, or you can't say? It's hard to do because you got to sort of remember. Yeah, I would say Riley's, Riley's made a good roast beef. Good roast beef. Thinner sliced. Right. I used to go to the one in Lawrence. Yeah. Lawtown. Same owners across the board. Yep. Well, brothers. <clears throat> D'Amico's was their last name. I got news for you, man. I, I lived in New York City. I lived in Miami. The food up here sucks. <laughs> so I'll be curious to the try food this. In New, in New Hampshire sucks. You go to Massachusetts. I mean, the, one of the best meals I had since I moved up here was the place you told me to get the ends of the steak that they throw away, yes. the steak tips. Steak tips. Right. Other than that, Massachusetts. everything else has been a t- total disappointment. Um, Kowloon's? You haven't been? Kowloon's was good. All right. There's the two places I took. Uh, two. Okay. So let's see if third time's a charm to continue to streak. Yeah. You want to? Kelly's is going to be awesome. Look at him. He knows <laughs> food. Yeah. Is it better than Arby's? Oh, my God. <laughs> that comes from Nick McTurner, oh, by the way. God. <laughs> That's not even roast beef, right? They, they have the meats. That's all they tell you. Yeah. The meats. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Um, Macanudo Vintage, 1998, number two, Jamaica, uh, past its prime. How long do you hold cigars? Ten years is enough. Mm-hmm. Probably hey. less. Probably for this one less. Eight is enough. Oh, I see what you did there. There we go. There we go. Uh, It's part of history, though. Jamaican. This is where it all happened and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke them and be done with it, and we'll move on to. I gotta start collecting new things. I gotta build a new collection up. I'm gonna go through all this other stuff. Barry, do you like fried seafood? 
That's another thing I'm disappointed with. My wife loves the fried clams. It's battered. It's, you know, unless uh, you get the bellies, there's very little meat. Well, in you, gotta, you, gotta, you get the bellies, bellies, and Kelly's. Okay. Well, and I know the place, which is Essex Seafood yeah. in Essex, Mass. Yes. Yeah. It's not those other ones. Yeah. That's where it started, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where it all started. I feel so excluded from the conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's about food. Clam? Yeah. Well, they, I'm sure they have a salad or something <laughs> you can have <laughs> with no dressing. A piece of lettuce. All right. That's it. Um, next week, uh, I'm supposed to be back from the Tobacconist Association of America, the TAA, which happens to be happening right now in Mexico. I'm not there, but either is Mickey Pegg. He's the owner of all St. Cigars and the Cigar of the Year, the St. Francis. Um, he didn't go either, but um, he has a new St. Francis. Um, it might be even better than the Cigar of the Year one. He's just getting better and better. So we want to find out what is uh, coming in the future for him. What's he going to have at the trade show? Let's see um, what he won't tell us. Yeah, we're going to find out what he won't tell us. If you have a question for Mickey you want answered. Uh, that no you don't ch- want answered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get it to us at the Contact Us page of the CigarAuthority.com. If we have a whole bunch of them, we'll have some questions to ask him. And uh, when he doesn't answer, we'll answer them for him. So how about that? Until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And you might have actually learned something today which makes you The Cigar Authority. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.